I'm really happy you were down to switch to uh, white wine because like I, I was down for the red wine when we were eating still, but like I think white wine is better for recording because it actually quenches your thirst and it's cold and I've yeah. never met a booze that didn't quench my thirst. That's ridiculous. You're telling me a shot of vodka quenches your thirst? Today we watched one of Emily's favorite movies, and honestly, after this, it's one of mine, too. Insidious Chapter 3. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say my initial reaction was disappointment, because oh. it wasn't really a third movie. Okay. At least initially it wasn't. It was like a... It was almost like an origin story. It was like, it was, it was the realization that Elise is the main character in the story. Yeah, I went in wanting more of the Lambert family and I really liked this movie. Like, don't get me wrong. And I like storylines that don't always have that thing. But there was a point there was a long while in the beginning of the movie where I was just like, are we just going to tell another story with the same type of horror? But it's not actually connected. Like I was worried Elise's only scene was going to be the one in the beginning where she's like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, you know what I mean? And then I go and no. then, like, you remember when she came back on the screen, I was like, thank God. Yes. Yeah. Like that was why I, I wasn't certain <laughs> if it was that we were getting more Elise or if that we were, if we were getting the uh, tension broken from no. Quinn's bedroom, it was that this was more connected to the original storyline than I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I just mentioned it was an origin story, it kind of is with Specs, Tucker, and Elise. It's like their little origin story. Quinn Brenner's haunting. Right. That's how the three of them get together. So right. I just want to lay that out for any listeners who haven't watched the first two. That trio is really important. So you should watch the first two before yeah, you really, to this honestly, honestly, if you're this deep into our series of Insidious and you want to watch the movies, you should not listen to this episode until you go back because this is like this is going to spoil stuff for all three movies you know <laughs> right but anyway this is eerily ever after where we marry romance and horror and i think we should talk about our date first because this was one like of that. our marry romance and horror right I like that. I want to talk about our date before we jump into the movie because this was really like a good moment for me this date. This was really nice. Well, so. this movie was so important to you. I wanted to do something creepy. Normally we don't do creepy for the date. We just we right. do romantic. You really leaned into it and I just really appreciate it. So why don't <laughs> why don't you tell why don't you retell me about what we had for dinner and then what we did and we'll talk about it a little bit. So we had a pot roast for dinner and I'm going to be honest here. I, I could tell you guys that I'm made it myself and all this stuff, but I didn't. I bought a kit from Aldi. It was shrink wrapped. It had a whole onion and some carrots, a little bit of celery, some potatoes and a pork roast of some kind. And you just dumped the whole thing in a crock pot and turned it on. And like eight hours later, we had delicious pot roast. It was, it was great. And like, and like the thing about like being somebody who cooks, but isn't like super passionate about it is like, I'm totally down to do, you know, the easy things sometimes. And, and that's what we did tonight. We also had, uh, 
which was probably a pretty poor pairing. I did not expect it to be as chocolate as it did, but we also had Dogfish Head Worldwide Stout, but the uh, bourbon barrel aged version. I've really liked the non-bourbon barrel aged version in the past, and it's like the only stout that I've liked, and so I, and I like bourbon barrel aged things. I thought this one would be really good. I thought it would go good with meats and things like that. It just, it was a weird pairing. So Emily ended up drinking hers for dessert, but... <laughs> <laughs> for the date emily has this book called wisconsin death trip and i guess we probably haven't mentioned this at all in here but me and emily live in wisconsin and she's had this book and she's wanted to me to like read it with her and like go over things with her and stuff and she's kind of pointed it out anytime we've moved and i've organized the bookshelf and and uh she, she suggested reading some things out of it so what we did tonight was we just sort of took turns reading it it ended up being emily doing a lot more of the readings just because that kind of is more of our dynamic is you reading out loud and me listening yeah, but um, the book itself, I'm going to read the back here. because It's actually kind of cool. First published in 1973, this remarkable book about life in a small turn of the century Wisconsin town has become a cult classic. Leslie has collected and arranged photographs taken between 1890 and 1910 by a Black River Falls photographer, Charles Van Shake. Against these are juxtaposed experts from the Badger State Banner from the Mendota State Asylum record book and occasionally quotations from the writings of Hamlin Garland and Glenway Westcott. So it's just kind of like this like cool anthology of like poetry and articles that all came from this small town newspaper during that era. And I mean, they're all kind of creepy and macabre. Like they're, they're all about like, you know, deaths or like, you know, businesses closing or like somebody kills themselves right before they get married. And we're not really sure why. And it's like, well, it's cause they're gay and they didn't want to marry a woman, but they didn't say that in the article, <laughs> just you know, speculation, like, just speculation. Right, there's a lot of, a lot of very macabre, stuff well like the thing that really struck me was the amount of diphtheria epidemics that those wisconsinites handled so rationally <laughs> they closed the schools they stayed at home and quarantined oh my gosh whenever could those habits come in useful again right Fuck. And, and like, I, I don't know. We, we could be wrong. We wanted to Google it. We forgot. But like, I don't think diphtheria was an actual epidemic in no, Wisconsin. No, I think it would just like hit and then just like. It well, it was, it was, it was it a would, big deal. Like, yeah, but but like exactly. the fact that it was like this rolling thing, it was like, we flipped into that book. That's 20 years. Yeah. And like diphtheria never went away. They kept quarantining whenever they had to. What? Nothing. You're yelling it at me. Okay. <laughs> You're so into it. Okay. No, it's okay. All of a sudden, I was being yelled at about diphtheria. <laughs> yelling at me about COVID. That's something I understand. <laughs> <gasps> I don't know what to say. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were just so into it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it, it seems like one of those things, like chicken pox, if you have small kids and they haven't been vaccinated for it yet, like one kid gets chicken pox, oh fuck, the whole sandbox better get home or we're all going to be <laughs> scratching and covered in spots. But so like diphtheria, you like don't really hear about that, obviously. But there was like mention of measles, which is something you hear about now, especially you with- Smallpox, you mean? No, no, no. Oh. I, I read one about measles. There were a couple times there where I was just like leaning on you and you were just talking and it was just very yeah. relaxing and I kind of dozed a little I bit. I did. I think I'm, I no, you know, I don't think I mentioned smallpox, but I did mention measles. You did mention smallpox did at I? one point. I remember that. Um, yeah. But like 
with the rise of anti-vaxxers, measles has become like a concern, especially for small children in schools. So, I mean, it was just interesting to read about other like diseases that were causing people to actually quarantine. It seems like they just freaking could because the newspaper would write the article and say there's diphtheria. The schools are closed. And that was the motherfucking end of it. That was the whole article. That was it. No lawsuits. No, my freedom. You can't make me not go to the Costco. Like, come on. Come on. (laughs) Oh, man. I just recently found out that my uncle is one of those people. And that was like the most disappointing thing to me because like this is the uncle who like taught me what like rock and roll was along with my dad. And like, he didn't like intentionally teach me how to be divergent, but he did a little bit, you know what I mean? And like, it was just, it was a, uh, it was a little, uh, a little disappointing to find that out recently here. Rock and roll is here to say it will never die. Anti-maskers want to get sick and I don't know why. <laughs> and now you've made that expectation for our listeners for you to make up music. I've been waiting for it to happen. I know you can do it and I've been waiting for it to happen. <laughs> I'll never be able to do it again. Actually, there's a good chance that we can't use that clip because that's a real song. And the actual first lyrics are... It's more than 11% different. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're allowed to parody music. That's allowed. Like, (laughs) If you change all the words, you're fine. (laughs) Well, I just, I want to say that I really appreciate this day. A, because yes, I've been mentioning this book to you for a lot of time. You mean movie? Um, No, no, no. The book, Death Trip. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're still talking about Death Trip. But I also liked it because we just kind of like settled into a creepy activity. And I got to read about all these really like bizarre deaths and all the women who went crazy. And another thing that we noticed is that the people who got admitted to the Mendota Asylum were often poor. Yeah. Gee, I wonder what troubles a poor person could have. <laughs> like you can almost predict it i think i only read one and granted we did not read the whole book i like picked and choose based on the first couple of lines just so i could keep it interesting i think i only read one to you where it said that they were well off financially i don't even remember that specifically yeah i do because there was only one of them but no, it was really interesting. So I just want to encourage all of our listeners to look into the spooky history of the places that they live because like buildings that I know were mentioned and like people had shot themselves to death in those buildings. And it's like, <laughs> oh, cool. I've been in a place where there's probably a ghost that's not my own apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, though, is that where we want to go next? Or did you have more to say about the book? Nah. Okay, cool. Sorry, you looked at me like like you weren't ready for that no, transition. No, no, I'm so I'm so happy to talk about Insidious Chapter Three, my favorite horror movie of all time, of all time. Yeah, yeah. no, this was really good. I don't again like it's like I'm having this really weird thing. Like I went into this project with you seriously concerned that I was gonna like re stir up my like old childhood anxiety and like. You know, I had to have all these problems. Like, how did this movie scare you? It had like such a wholesome ending. I was crying at the end because of how wholesome it was. That's true. You did cry. <laughs> I looked over and you were wiping your eyes, and I was like, uh No, you weren't. You thought it was sweet. Don't, uh, don't, 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 don't put on airs for the listeners. Uh, 
<laughs> um, okay, well, I won't was, do that ever again. No, you. it was sweet. It was sweet. My, but my initial reaction to people crying is, uh, like, it always kind of takes me off guard, especially in movies, because to make me cry at a movie, like, I, that embarrasses the shit out of me. Showing emotion like that is just, like... Uh, I mean, I feel it coming on and I can stop it. But like, why would you ignore a time when you could like feel an emotion like that in a safe space? Like the emotion I was feeling, you know, when she finally got to talk to her mom and all that, it was a sense of like relief. You have to go through a lot of shit to feel relief normally. You know what I mean? And I got to feel that tonight without having to go through all that stuff. I got to feel like a real, like true peer emotion. You know what I mean? And that's just something that I like about movies. And I'm never going to lean away from something like that. No, I understand. And I know that resolution for you is really helpful in horror movies. Like that's kind of why you have an issue like fully like getting into the genre is because there's not a lot of resolution for me. You know, it is kind of surprising that this would be my favorite and that it would scare me so much because it has resolution. But to me, the further is always there. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw one part of the story get resolution. Elise's story, now we've seen two entities in a singular bedroom at the in the very final scene. So, I remember being in the theater. But we know that she makes it. But, no. No, we... We, we know that in the first Insidious, the woman actually gets her and she dies. I know. But we know that, that neither of the two entities in that room get her. Like there's zero still, like actual suspense still, from that ending. There's no resolution for Elise ever really because of the way that she dies. But I remember being in the theaters and you know, so Evan and I, we've mentioned this before, we're huge Harry Potter fans. When you go to a midnight less release. Now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm less of a fan of JK Rowling. You're you can pry my Harry Potter books out of my dead, decaying fingers. Um, <laughs> JK Rowling, however, I mean, she's I mean, our, not, our opinion no longer on the list. Our our opinion pretty much at this point is we're not gonna support media that only supports JK Rowling. Yeah. So like illustrated copies maybe the occasional video game like we're still going to try to buy as much as we can used but like if if it supports a larger group of people that still might be something we take a part in but for the most part we are washing our hands of jk rowling i forgot what i was going to say because i'm sorry it's just important that we establish that if we're going to talk about jk rowling it's important where we establish our stance for the listeners but but go if you can remember your point So when you go and see a midnight showing of something like Harry Potter or Star Wars, you expect big reactions in the theater. Did you see a midnight showing of this? No. Oh, okay. I went and saw this with um, one of my besties from college, Ashley, who is actually going to be a guest on Boobies, Bits, and Booty. So listen for that Well, just be careful. She might have already been a guest. Well, we don't know. Ashley, <laughs> right, Ashley Burrell on Boobies, Bits and Booty. That's one right of my right best now, right now we're stockpiling episodes. So we just don't know where <laughs> everything is going to land. So. <laughs> um, so we went and saw it together when she came up to visit me shortly after we graduated college. And there weren't that many people in the theater because is Ashley the lawyer or the one that's getting married soon? Ashley's the lawyer. Okay. okay. But I hope she's getting married soon because I really love her boyfriend. Anyway. (laughs) No pressure um, though, dude. (laughs) (laughs) No, lots of pressure. Um, (laughs) But that final scene where Warren, the dog gets up and is growling and you see the face, all 15 people in the theater went, 
<laughs> and I will never forget that moment. But yeah, this movie did actually genuinely as an adult scare me. That's um, crazy to me. It was the man who can't breathe. And I think part of it is because that's how I imagine my dad at the end of his life. Oh, like I've never like okay, that. All right. That freaks me out a lot. And because like as a kid, like you can talk to some of my mom's friends. I don't remember anything, but a lot of them say that I like spoke to people that they knew that had died. And like I like like you've met my mom's friend, Susie. She straight up said in front of someone that I've actually I was, never met Susie. Yes, you have. We, we rode up to lacrosse with her. So you spent three hours in a car with Susie. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I, um, I remember that. But she actually said in front of one of my um, exes, my grandson speaks to whoever. So now I've known two people who can connect to the other side. And I was like, I'd like this relationship to go a little bit further. <laughs> but <laughs> no, you mean my, me and mine and yours relationship? No, she said that in front of. Oh, so your ex. Yeah, I, I, I said that at the start of the story in front gotcha. of my exes. I thought you were talking about in the car with. I, I no. got confused. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is this is the first movie as an adult that actually scared the bejesus out of me. A because, like, I really I, that's kind of how I've always pictured my dad, the man who can't breathe, just because what I know of my dad is that he died of very advanced lung cancer. Like it took him quick. way way longer than normal. No, no, no. It took oh. him quick. It was bad. Oh, okay. Um. And also, there's something about finding the main character and the victim of the horror movie and then breaking her latch that just really got to me. So I will say two things about that. One, you told me about this movie. You told me a long time ago that your favorite movie was a movie, and I couldn't remember what it was. But at the very beginning of the movie, they break the main characters, both her legs. I pictured like... She breaks her legs in the factory and then she's right there for the rest of the movie with broken oh. legs. That's what I expected when you told me that. So it no. took me like so long in the movie to connect that memory and realize like, oh, and then I was like a little disappointed because she's like in her comfortable bed with her dad in the other room. So, and I was picturing this like horrific scene in like your favorite horror movie. And so that was like sort of a weird realization for me. A big part of that for me is that when I get stressed out, I suffer from sleep paralysis. Mm. So I know what it's like to be absolutely petrified, but be unable to move. Gotcha. See, I almost imagined like the my the thing that I imagined really only could have been like a one shot short film, really. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, maybe. where it's like she breaks her legs and then it's like just all right there in that scene. The other thing that I, I was actually really frustrated. I didn't see that coming. Because the whole thing in the movie is, I, and I'm watching the beginning, I'm like, you know what I love about this movie so far? It's not like cheesily trying to make me feel uneasy. It's not like doing things that are just like pointlessly creepy for no reason. Like, like in our episode about the grudge, I was like really upset that like she was scared in the attic. Like, why was she scared in the attic? That's stupid. It was just trying to make us uneasy for no reason. They didn't do any of that. How did I not see something horrific coming out of left field? Of course, that's what they were doing. They were trying to make us comfortable. And I'm literally thinking about how they're trying to make us comfortable. And I still didn't like come to that conclusion. And I, I don't know. I don't know how that's possible. But I, I was I was like both impressed with the movie and disappointed with myself. 
I get that. <laughs> but it was like, it was kind of a cool feeling because uh, me and my dad watched the movie Hide and Seek when I was a kid with uh, Dakota Fanning. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. her name Emily in that movie? I think so. Yeah, because Emily's always get <laughs> fucked over in movies and TV shows. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> the end, uh, huge spoilers, by the way, the end of that movie is Dakota Fanning has a split personality. And, and which is kind of well, my rough. dad lost his mind. I, I mean, I know, I know, like, like, uh, I think it's DID is the yes, yeah, and, and like, I get that movies like that are, are disrespectful to those people. That, that's not necessarily, I'm not commenting on that. Fortunately, I'm just commenting on my memory of watching it with my dad. My dad lost his mind, he was so mad that a horror movie that did split personalities got him because it had been done so many times before that he was like, what? I can't believe this. He was so upset. It was like, it was the funniest thing. You know, I, <laughs> but that's um, how I felt today when I, when like it got me and I was like, this is the thing that I complain about all the time. Why, why <laughs> I didn't see this coming? Like, <laughs> right. I saw hide and seek in theaters. Okay. Me and uh, one of my friends from my Lutheran elementary school snuck into it with her parents, the sinners. But that was one of the so did her parents made. buy you tickets to another movie? Yes. So what happened That's was awesome. No, this okay. So this family, like I, so I haven't spoken to this girl since we graduated well, from she's eighth in jail. grade. No, she's not. <laughs> I haven't spoken to this girl since we graduated eighth grade because when you're 14 years old, you go to different schools and you live on different planets. So RIP that friendship. There was no reason for it to fall apart other than that. But her family. They would let us watch pretty much any movie that we wanted, which my mom did too. So that was the house of choice for me because everyone else's parents were too strict. But they bought us, what did we see? We Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> and then we went and snuck into hide and seek. And then we went into something else. <laughs> oh, oh, you guys did a, that. And her mom brought like six bags of homemade popcorn, all with different seasonings. Dad was like armed with beverages. It was me and her two little sisters, me, her and her two little sisters and the parents. It was I bet, just great. I bet that their parents think about that day and they think about how they were trying to create a really good memory for you kids. Yeah. And, and like, and it was still one of their precious memories. And I bet they would be like so happy to know that like you remember that day. You that's know, like all they were trying to do was like imprint right. that day on you, you know, and you and it works like that's but awesome. You know what that <laughs> what that day is actually kind of reminding me of the Simpsons. That is some financial finaglement to get what you want if I've ever seen it. And like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> well, you remember when I used to do those movie days when I worked at the movie theater where yeah. I would go see five movies in a day. Yeah. So I added up once what it would have cost me to do if I didn't work there. And it was like $300. Oh. Yeah. Because it was like every movie ticket plus like three meals. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then like the popcorn, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, yeah, it would, it would have been like really expensive. And you have to remember, I bought two seats for every movie right? because right. I I would use a popcorn seat because I got two seats free to any movie I wanted to go to. Yeah. So every movie was two tickets plus the popcorn plus three meals. And it was like, I, I yeah. And it was like, it's insanely expensive to go to the movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to insidious chapter three, right? Um, Quinn, such a good, a good teenage victim of a horror movie because she's actually pretty smart. Like, yeah, it is so stupid of her to try to contact her mom on her own, which I've learned firsthand. I never should have brought a Ouija board into this place, but 
<laughs> but she's smart enough to just tell her fucking dad as soon as shit gets bad. She doesn't try and hide it. She doesn't try to like tell her little friends. Like, right. nope. She's like, dad. Yeah, no, fuck. absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I think no, that was great. super, super smart. I also think that she's like exactly the right age to actually be an active victim in the insidious movies like dalton was too young that's why he had to stay asleep the whole fucking time right there was like one scene where he's like like, mom i could go to sleep and you're like oh you suck at acting but this is a girl (laughs) on the verge right right like she's she's ready to go to college she's going to auditions which i'm going to circle back to in just a second she's also on the verge of fucking death by the hands of the man who can't breathe like this is a girl on the verge that is a very compelling victim to me and i think i saw this movie at the the right time in my life i was like oh, a year two years out of college like gotcha yeah exactly i just think all the stars aligned for this to be the the movie for me fair enough yeah but i want to go back to her audition yeah so you asked me in our first episode about insidious about the franchise what i knew about james wan and at that point fucking nothing James Wan was the director of Insidious, and I believe he also directed Insidious Chapter 2, but he was a producer on Chapter 3. Which basically gave him enough power to say, no, 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 you can't do that. I want to do something different in Chapter 4. Or no, 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 you can't do that. I already did something of that in Chapter 2. And I don't know if he directed Chapter 4 or not, but I'm just saying. It's like, that gave him just enough control for this other guy not to, like, ruin his franchise. Right. (laughs) Um, So he played the theater director in the audition. Oh, cool. That was James Wan. Also, he directed Saw. Also, which is why I know his name. No, he directed and you brought this up in another insidious episode that we did. He directed Dead Silence. Oh, no way. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we just figured who my favorite horror director is. Yeah. And I guess mostly means we need to watch Saw. Ew. Yes, I saw Ew. that for the first time with my mom while she was in mortuary school. Did, did he only direct the first one? I don't know. Because that would make sense. I've heard the first one's the good one. The first one is a good yeah, one. Yeah. The second one was the one that gored me the fuck out. So I really liked it. And then the other ones, I only vaguely remember, except that Luke from Gilmore Girls is in like chapter four or something. I think shit. I think we should avoid gore porn as much as we can on this because my whole reaction to that is gonna be like this movie was gross. <laughs> <laughs> so it was stupid and it was gross. And you're gonna be like, you're gonna be like, but like, how fucked up was it when you did this? I was like, no, that was gross and stupid. Like that would be that's gonna be my reaction to everything. Like- I think I think that that we should watch we should watch those movies and we should record like Patreon clips or something of our different reactions. But I don't think I think we should, we, I think we should watch Saw and do an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we should watch Saw Seven <laughs> and do a Patreon episode and then not watch anything else. No, you don't want to watch Saw Chapter Two. Nope. But they. Use- I don't even want to watch Saw Chapter One. I'm giving you two of the movies. Saw, but Saw This two, is a great deal for you. Saw 2 puts the used in the soundtrack, which is nice oh, for me. Oh, okay. Now I'll watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about something. Now that we're laughing, I want to talk about something that you won't find funny at all, but I think our listeners probably will. Oh, I can't fucking wait. When she kicked off the, uh, the, the, the cast... When she just like smacked it off on the bed. So, so that's ridiculous for one thing. A cast is basically concrete. There's a reason you have to like saw that shit off. It's because it's literally fibers and like clay. Like you cannot kick those off. But it also immediately reminded me of the moment in Fast and the Furious 7 when the rock has been in the the rock has been in the hospital for like two for like like the first half of the movie and he's got this big cast on and he realizes that the crew needs him and he just like stands there and he goes i have to go or some shit like that and 
flexes and the whole cast just breaks off of his arm. <laughs> that was all I could think of. <laughs> you didn't pour me enough wine <laughs> for this. <laughs> Why does everything go back to the Fast and the Furious with you? Not everything. Most things go back to Buffy or Harry no, Potter. No, no, no. For the last like three weeks of my life, all I've heard from your computer is too fast, too furious. That's because I put it in a video with my brother. Because somehow your brother's birthday also links back to the Fast and the Furious. We grew I up watching those movies. Help. <laughs> I haven't even seen the eighth one. Calm down. And you know, or, the, or the one with just the rock and Jason Statham. I've seen, so I've seen Tokyo Drift probably five times. And I saw one of the movies. I think it was three. Fast and Furious three. That is Tokyo Drift. No, no, no. no. Then it's the, this one right after. Um, I think that one's just called Fast and Furious. Yeah. Okay. I saw that. Yeah, the next one's Fast Five. And then it's. Yeah, I saw. I yeah, saw then it's Fast Furious Fears. Six, and yeah. then Fury, and then it, the one after Tokyo Drift. I saw it at a drive-in, so I've exposed okay. myself enough to know. That's that the one I, with the bank vault, isn't it? Where they drag the bank vault through the. No, it's Fast Five, I think. Okay, you don't I, give was, a shit. I, I yeah, because I was at that drive-in to see Hangover Two or Hangover Three, which oh, was a double was feature. Out. Yeah, I love drive-ins. Right, drive-ins are great. We should go see a horror movie at a drive-in whenever we they, can leave our there, fucking there house. There literally is not one in Wisconsin. No, there is now. Another one opened when oh. COVID hit because they were like, that's the only fucking, fucking way. smart. Yeah. Man, Pete, man, you know, a lot about COVID in our world right now is like, is like, man, it's like humans are gross. But like also at the same time, like that is so smart. Of course, we got to open, bring back drive-in movie theaters. There should be drive-in movie theater. Like, we should knock down all the Marcus theaters in Wisconsin and make them <laughs> drive-in theaters so we can keep watching movies. If we could rid Wisconsin of the Marcus family, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, that'd be fine. Bye. I'll just give me the Fister. <laughs> That's all you want. Is I the could fister. run it better, and I would appreciate it more. How mad are you that I worked at a Marcus facility for a year? We could have stayed at the Fister for fifty bucks a night. We never did. I've never I wanted, wanted to murder, murder anyone more in my entire motherfucking life. Than me or Greg Marcus? <laughs> nope, because that's called premeditation. <laughs> you think you can fool me? Greg isn't even in charge anymore. It's, it doesn't it's some matter. Guy named Rolando, if I, I name the victim. <laughs> Come on, we're recording this, man. Okay, I'm just going to say this. Before we can record any further episodes, we need to get married so that you don't have to testify against me. Fair. Yep. You know, we should talk about that. We should talk about, because, like, I'm sure I've called you my fiance on here before. Yeah. You know, and we should talk about, like, how, why we're not talking about, like, a date or anything like that. Um, stop looking so sad. We just okay. we just got to explain it to the listeners, okay? Yeah. We, Me and Emily have been together for four years. And, we've been um, engaged about that long too. We've been engaged for three years and nine months. Yeah. <laughs> we got engaged really quickly because Emily was trying to move out of the state and she told me she wouldn't move with a boyfriend. And I told her, what about a fiance? And she said, sure. So I proposed and then a lot of things happened and we decided not to move. And we, we were like, well, originally we were just going to go to a courthouse and get married and then do like a big party later on and not tell anybody, but this was a new plan. And we decided, let's just hold out. Let's just wait. And then things happened and years went by and blah, 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 blah. And now we are in a place where we could start planning, but COVID, um, yeah. we don't, we don't want to 
I mean, this next year is going to be so packed on wedding venues because of all the weddings that didn't happen this year. And that's if the vaccine comes through in, in spring, which it might not. You know, so we're we're just still kind of biding our time. You know, we're 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 still very much in love. Emily Emily's looking real sad, and I and I and I maybe should have explained this to you guys without her in the room because because this upsets her a lot. Hey, no, it's okay. Hey, I love you. I know I love you too. And we're gonna get married. I know. Okay, it's not it's not anything to do with us that we haven't gotten married already. Yeah, I know. Okay, I know. Look at you admitting admitting that it, that it's embarrassing to cry and crying on Mike in one episode. God, That's I gross. hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's important though because I want to be able to keep calling you my fiance and not have listeners go what, right? Like, and I don't want a thousand Twitter comments like, "When's the date?" Blah, 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 blah. Right? I don't want that either. <laughs> don't <please>. at me. <laughs> yeah, please don't ask us about the wedding. I you can bet everything that you have or you can just donate it to us that (laughs) that as soon as we start actually being able to plan a wedding and we set a date i'm not gonna i'm not gonna not talk about it like oh yeah it's gonna be a huge focus we're probably gonna we're probably gonna feature every big decision we make throughout the wedding process in every episode like we're probably not gonna go on dates we're probably gonna have wedding planning meetings and then watch a movie that's probably gonna be that like that like six months (laughs) will be that so (laughs) if there ever was a barrier that was from us i feel that it would be my clinginess versus your independence because you need you need alone time and i really don't like it's very very rare that i need a break from people and you need and you need that time you need a break so rarely that when you do it makes me anxious because i think something's wrong right yeah right (laughs) so if there was something that was in the way i feel like it would be that because one of us doesn't get what we need some days Sometimes um, I have to spend. So I shouldn't say have to, but sometimes I spend time with you when I'd much rather be alone. And right. sometimes I'm like, no, I have to be alone. And you are like, I just want to spend time with Evan. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think in Insidious Chapter Three, Elise really hit something on the head for me when she said, "Loving someone is just delayed pain." And what she meant was, you love someone and you spend your life with them. It ends one way or another. One of you is going to die first. And A, you know, I have a lot of anxiety surrounding death. Like there, how many nights have I like squared myself up with death and been like, we're going to wake up without me here. Like, (laughs) and I I think think you should explain a little more there that that sound that sounds pretty macabre. I mean, like that's part of your mental illness is sometimes your paranoia will make you feel like you're going to die because of like a muscle spasm you're like oh yeah. i'm having a heart attack i'm gonna die and then and then you wake right. up and you're fine and and like so that's that's something that you you deal with and we deal with as a couple right and like sometimes during the day i'll just like worry that you're driving somewhere and you're gonna die in a car accident like i you called me just to make sure i'm alive before yeah, yeah. like i i am very much I'm very much like i need you with me like i need to make sure that you're okay i need to make sure that you're not hurt or dying or I need to make sure that this moment isn't my last with you and Elise really like hit that for me but I think if there's like one major 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 difference that you and I have that could ever be a barrier to us moving forward with our relationship 
it would be that it would be my just kind of incessant need to know that you're okay and to like be with you and like touch so you. I actually, I actually don't. I get why you think that it's that broad, mm-hmm. but it really, when you call me because you just need to make sure I'm okay, it's really fine. It's, it's, it's when you call me, but like, you also need to like talk for 20 minutes and I'm trying to have alone time. Like, it's like, it's really not about your need to know that I'm safe or your need <laughs> or your need to know that, or, or your need to know that I'm, I'm okay or that we're okay. And I mean, cause I have that need too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really about the amount of time yeah. that sometimes our relationship takes and I need time for myself that you don't need. It's yeah. like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's this, it's this dichotomy between our relationship needing more time than maybe the average relationship yeah. and myself needing more time than maybe the average person. Yeah. And, and it's like, and, and it's like this, but I, I really don't think it's as like, you don't, it doesn't bother me when you call me and you're just like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, okay. And then, we, and then we're done. Like, that doesn't bother yeah. me. You know, um, I like that actually. That makes me feel great. <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention to the listeners that, it's not like I'm crawling all over Evan 24-7. We have I mean, we have separate hobbies. <laughs> oh my God. No, it's true. It's true. It's we true. have separate hobbies yeah. and we're both in school. We do not spend every waking second nope. together. A because it can't be that way. B, our desks aren't even in the same room. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like our workspaces aren't even together. Yeah. But it's just a little bit harder for me to make the choice. The issue, the issue, the issue comes, things. right. The issue comes when we both have free time. Like if I'm doing schoolwork or I'm doing work at my computer, you have no problem going and, and playing among us or watching a show you like and, and leaving me alone. Or doing, you know, my own schoolwork. Right, or right. Or, well, no, 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 no. That's not like, what I'm saying. That's not free time. Sure. So I'm enough. saying, but if you are working on schoolwork, you have no issue with me yeah. putting on my headphones and ignoring the fuck out of you. But if like, if you come in the room and you see me playing cookie clicker and like scrolling on Reddit and you're like about to go watch TV, you're like, let's hang out. And I'm like, I kind of just like need some time. And then, and then, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's, that's kind of like where that breakdown comes in. But it's, it's definitely not like an unhealthy way. Like you would never pull me away from homework or like, or no. like collective work or like applying for jobs or anything like that. You would never pull me away from that. Right. Just like hang out with you. Right. You might barter with me. You might be like, you might be like, well, can you do everything you have to do on the computer and then come in here when you're doing stuff on your phone? You know what I mean? Like, and then I'd be like, yeah, you know, like, and, but like, that's the most you're going to do if I'm actually doing like serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Love you. I love you too. And you know who else I love? <laughs> Owen, the golden retriever, the real star of the movie. So is he like in a lot of movies or something? Or do you just happen to know that one dog's name? I just happen to know that one dog's name. Oh. <laughs> the only other dog that I know is uh, happy in, in seventh heaven because oh, the yeah. theme song says happy is happy at right. the end. I know Enzo. And then I That's used to Frazier, right? Yeah. That yeah, yeah. was Eddie. And then I used to know the name of Enzo's replacement. Yeah, but I think it was actually his grandson. That would make sense. Yeah, um, but I can't. Um, I can't quite remember. You can't tell in the show. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's great. I know. You know, on the last episode of Frasier, they walked out Enzo, and he was all like portly and whatever because he was so old, and it was just like David Hyde Pierce described he was it still as. Alive? Yeah, oh. David Hyde Pierce described it as like all of the memories of the show just encapsulated in this little dog. Oh, he said that when I saw him like give like a little like workshop thing. Oh, I wish I could have been there when you did that. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a horror movie. 
<laughs> the ending of Frasier. <laughs> Why do you think that? Because it was the best sitcom ever, and then it just ended. Oh. Well, it didn't just end. It, yeah, it, it ended on the right moment. <laughs> Look at how easily we get derailed. <laughs> That's the point. The, the whole point of podcast is like, is like, here's a conversation you can have in case the tangents aren't interesting enough. <laughs> um, I will say that beyond uh, the Wisconsin death trip book I loved that you leaned into this because you actually set mood lighting for this movie we have a blue light in our bedroom and you flipped that on and turned off our overhead lights which isn't something that you've done for a horror movie yet it's because it's because this uh, I, I I was doing it and, and in the back of my head I was like you know what this franchise might have just like lured me into like a sense of trust and I'm going to fuck myself over with this third one. But I really don't think so. I, I really, I really, I really get the sense that like James Wan and, and the guy who directed this one and like the team behind Insidious is trying to bring more traditional storytelling to horror movies. Mm. And that's what I'm really enjoying. That's what I really have enjoyed throughout. Like even like the first one, it's like every single one ended with something that wasn't complete, but it was a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when Freddie ended, it was like there wasn't a cliffhanger. It was just like it was like this clear like we're well, no. trying so hard to make you uncomfortable. But it's like but there was you, there was no like story progression there when the mom okay. gets drawn in through the window and they drive over yeah. the Freddie car. It's like what's the next movie? Freddie to the car? Like what do you? It's like it's like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you you, gotta, you know what I mean though? It's like it's like there there's no there's no like continuation of the story. It's not a cliffhanger. Yeah. It's just like it's just like oh we're at the end of the movie. Oh we gotta make you feel uncomfortable. Um I I we'll do this. You know what I mean? And it's like I don't like that. It's like it's like but what I like what I like about this is like every movie has ended with a cliffhanger. It's like and, and even the second one didn't really end with a cliffhanger, but it it was like there was still more to tell about the story. It was just like, I don't know. I, I just I'm really enjoying this series and I hope we I hope there are more like it. But also, I know we need to like watch more like macabre movies so that we you can be creepy and make our listeners uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say I haven't had the opportunity that I would like to say very morbid and. I don't know, unsettling things. That's kind of my favorite thing to do is make people uncomfortable with my <laughs> dark sense of humor. <laughs> but I, so I am really excited actually to wrap this franchise up because I have not seen chapter four. That's what I'm excited for too. So that'll be an experience that we can have together is seeing, right. seeing that movie because everything else I've seen before, you know, we, when we first had this idea, we watched Parasite and that was an experience that we had together um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for better or worse. Right. <laughs> we had the Parasite experience together, but just to be clear, we liked the movie a lot. Our recording did not go well. Oh both, my god, we had such a both, big fight. <laughs> both in the sense that we got in a fight, and also in the sense that like a cor- that we couldn't hear anything on the recording, so we couldn't even like make it Patreon content or anything in the future. It was just like garbage, and we threw it out. Like, <laughs> which if you ever want to hear us fight, you should definitely become a Patreon because we're considering if we ever fight on mic, releasing that. So <laughs> I think our fights are funny sometimes. Well, I also we're just think. So I also just think that part of our goal here is to present a relationship that's in the gray area. Yeah. It's not this like perfect romance that you could put in a movie. It's not, it's not even like a, it's not even like this, like, 
you know, like society has like a, a, a like a this is the perfect relationship, this is the perfect life. Like we don't yeah. really fit that mold, you know. And and, and but we're also not a train wreck. No, and we're also we're also not abusive by definition. You know what I mean? Like I I think I think we toe the line sometimes with, with our with our mental illnesses, but we have understanding for each other with that kind of stuff. And I just you know, and I think that's what we're trying to bring to here is like we are a scale of gray, you know, in our relationship. And I just think that is kind of like the point. Yeah. And I forgot where I was going. I forgot like where I came from with that point. So I can't wrap it back around. Experiencing so maybe you can do that for me. chapter four together. <laughs> I think that's going to be great because I know this is, this is one that I wish we could record watching because our reactions are so good and so genuine all the time. But so far I've seen all the movies that we've watched. To be honest, we need to, um, we need to invest in like lav mics to do that. That's like the mics they have in the office. Oh, okay. Yeah. The office. <laughs> yeah. No tangent. <laughs> okay, no tangent. We've, we've we've met our quota for sitcom tangents on this episode. We have, we have. Um, so I want to talk about my experience trying to contact the other side on my own with my friends. Okay. With our Ouija board. Okay. We've talked about this in other episodes because I believe there's something in our apartment. Mm -hmm. um, we did have that picture fall off, but I think since then, the Ouija board has fallen off of its shelf where it was supported on three sides. and It was supported on two. No, 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 because I had that candle that I can't mention who is on it supporting the third side. <laughs> um, no, but you didn't, though. That's what I tried to no, tell you. No, is no, you but had I, did. I did. Out. I did that on purpose. I put, okay. it, I put it on that candle on purpose. Well, I, saw, I, I thought I saw it farther out, but I don't know. Maybe. Okay, so the demon has been working over the course of days. Not very strong. A demon let, if you will. <laughs> A dozzling? Oh. A baby one, an imp. Those are little like devils, right? Yeah, I mean, imps I think so. Devils. I think so. So maybe it's an imp, not a not a demon. Maybe I I I I also think a poltergeist. There's something <sighs> fucking here. I should never have played with that Ouija board. I mean, probably not. That you know how many people have said that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they're all fools, and now so am I. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Support me in this. There's something in the apartment. <laughs> There's nothing in the apartment. Okay, then explain the picture and the Ouija board and the fact that this morning my keys turned up on the couch for you after I removed everything okay. off the couch and okay. then put it all back on. Okay, so I can't explain the picture. But one instance of something unexplained is not evidence towards a, a, a thing. In the explain Let the me Ouija finish. Board. Let me finish. The Ouija board, I'm convinced that you do not have weighted on both sides or on three sides. I put it right back where it was. Okay. I did not change a thing. Okay. And then, so here's my thing about this morning with the keys. You're about to say something sassy. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, so yesterday morning, you were also looking for your keys. And I remember you in the gray sweatshirt yesterday morning. Let me finish. Let me finish because the readers don't have all the facts yet. The who? The facts. No, the who? The readers? Yeah. We don't have readers. The listeners. The listeners don't well, have all the facts. Well, we, we might have some readers. Oh if, you're, if you're reading a transcript, hey, I love yeah, you. Yeah, rude. <laughs> <laughs> I found the keys this morning underneath my hoodie that you had picked up and taken my keys out of to take your car key off to go. Underneath my hoodie was your gray sweatshirt that you claimed to be wearing this morning that still had a cat indent in it 
My thought is because you were very stressed out in the morning that you melded your two mem- memories in the morning and you were actually looking for your keys in the gray sweatshirt yesterday. Set your gray sweatshirt down when you came home from work yesterday. On top of your keys, a cat slept on it. This morning, you looked in my sweatshirt and set it back down on top. That is like a very logical, scientifically backed explanation because Except- memories do meld like that. That's a real thing. Except that I took everything off the couch this morning. Yesterday morning. Yes, you did. And that's that memory cross. Listen, sleep with one eye open. (laughs) Eerily Ever After was brought to you by Sumtree Productions, a podcast collective founded on the philosophical concept of emergence. Please feel free to check out our other podcasts, Boobies, Bits and Booty, Antiquity of Comics, and The Beat Plus The Melody. To find out how you can join the forest, please check out SumtreeProductions.com. Steal into our crypt by liking Eerily Ever After on Facebook, following us on Instagram at Eerily Ever After, and following us on Twitter at EEA Podcast. It's getting a little spooky in here.